thank you, Lord, that we can gather together and we can tabernacle together with you, Lord. And that as we prayed earlier, prior to the service, just being reminded that, Lord, that each and every one of us brings with us the presence of the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us this morning is the temple of the divine presence of God. And the power and the person and all of who he is resides in us individually. But then when we come together corporately, corporately we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, you are here. You are here. This is holy and sacred space. And so we ask that as we are gathered together, as your word commands us to do in Hebrews 10, that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as we see that day, the day of your coming approaching. And so, Lord, we're gathered together and we ask for your holy presence to be manifested with us today. That we would sense you in a powerful way. We pray, Lord, I, I just declare uh, that for those who have needs, and we're going to be looking into Luke a little bit later. And, Lord, we just, we just know that we, we come forth to an all powerful, almighty, good, loving, heavenly Father 
doesn't matter the circumstances or the situations that we face, but God, you are near. You are near to us as the very mention of your name. And we thank you. We thank you that you are here. You are here. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is he good this morning? Is he good? Is he worthy of praise in our lives? Welcome those that are here this morning. I know we're a little fewer in number than than most, but that's okay. A few others might join in, and we just uh, thank you that you're here. And um, we're just going to continue to worship the Lord this morning. Rescued me, hallelujah. 
chance just yesterday, and I'm not going to take a lot of time on this, but I had a chance yesterday to go to a, to a Catholic Mass. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not looking to convert. In fact, I went twice to go to a Ukrainian Catholic service, and the, the doors were locked. I went twice, 8 a.m., couldn't get in. So I know that wasn't the Lord's will. But I went, took, took in a uh, Roman Catholic Mass yesterday, uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things... You know, in, in terms of the Mass, it's, it's a, they, they see it as a sacrifice for sin. But I'm glad this morning that there was a once and for all. Amen. Amen. Hebrews tells us once and for all. He entered the most holy place. And he put his blood, his own blood on the mercy seat. And because of that today, we are free. Amen. There's no more need, no more sacrifice necessary for sin. He did it once and for all. It is finished. Hallelujah. And because of his grace and his mercy, we can stand this morning. And we can pay homage. We can worship the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And how many are glad this morning that he's coming? He is coming again. Hallelujah. He is coming again. He's coming for us. So come, let us sing a song. A song declaring we belong to Jesus. Cause he's all we need And lift up a heart of praise And sing now with voices raised to Jesus Sing to the King one more time oh, Come let us sing a song a song declaring we be He's all we need. Sing up a heart of praise. Sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to the King. Sing to the King who is coming to reign. Joy to the nations when Jesus is King. Come, let us sing a song, a song declaring we belong to Jesus. He's all we need. 
you've done for me. He's coming on the clouds Kings and kingdoms will bow down Every chain will break Broken hearts declare His praise Who can stop the Lord Almighty? And our God is the Lion The Lion of Judah He's roaring with power He's fighting Every knee will bow before Him. And our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chain. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. God 
world His blood breaks the chain Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb Every knee will bow before Him For who can stop the Lord on Stop the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Oh, who can stop the
There is no demon of hell. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no crisis. There is nothing. Our God is not over. He is almighty. He is all-knowing. He is sovereign. He is king. He is the beginning. He is the end. Hallelujah. And we worship you, Lord. You are great. You are above all circumstances. You are above all nations, kings, princes, kings. Hallelujah. You're above all. All lords. The king of all kings. The lord of all lords. Hallelujah. It's so great to sing. Listen. Are you? hearts will cry, these bones will sing, oh great are you, Lord, and all, and all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, oh great It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your Are you Lord? Yes, great. Oh, great are you, Lord? Can I just do? I just feel like we need to do something this morning. If you're here this morning and there is a heaviness on your heart, if there's a burden that you're carrying, maybe it's a burden you picked up and you're carrying it for someone else. Would you agree with me this morning that? as believers that in the world in which we are living right now, that we are living in a fallen, sin-cursed world where the enemy is, wants to throw everything that he can at us to wear down the saints of God so that we are underneath of it all, that we are underneath the weight of the cares of the world, it might be financial pressures. You might be wondering what to do next. It might be your health. It might be your job status. It might be just everything that's going on that's just pressuring and squeezing life and joy and peace out of you. I want, I want us to do something this morning. And I just felt led to do this even before I came this morning. That Could, could we just bring those burdens? Could we, could we just... Say, Lord, here is my burden. Here is my care. And I want to bring it, and I want to lay it at the feet of Jesus today. I want to bring it to the altar, and I want to leave it there. Believing this morning 
that he is at work in your life right now. He is behind the scenes taking care of things. Could we do that this morning? If you're here and this, I just want us to do this in a, as a, in a physical way. Just bring, I remember some kids at a youth convention and they were struggling with certain things like smoking as an example. And there was a young guy that wanted to get rid of it so bad, he laid his, he took his packet and he put it right on the, the altar. And he didn't look back. And God honored his action, his obedience, his willingness, his desire to give that up. And that young man hasn't smoked since. And it's been a few years. And if you're here and you've got a burden, I want you to know that our God is great. He is awesome. He is mighty. He is our valiant hero. There is nothing that he cannot do. There's nothing that he can't think or speak into existence because he made it all out of nothing and he can take it all away with one word one word because that's the authority that our God has and as we sing great are you Lord and we just sing that refrain would you come if that's if you sense the Lord prompting you to do that just to bring whatever it is just to lay it at his feet God here's my burden I lay it down you said you said come all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. You're looking for rest today? Bring it to Him. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, Jesus says. And if you're here this morning and you're feeling light and you want to lay your hand on someone that's feeling heavy and say, God, undertake for my brother or my sister today. Do something marvelous in their life. Hallelujah. Because great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Great are you, Lord. We sing, great are you, Lord. All the earth. We sing that. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Shout your praise, our hearts will name right now we just declare the anointing of God to come and that in the power of the Holy Spirit this morning that every yoke of bondage will be broken in Jesus name in Jesus name every circumstance every trial listen I believe that we 
God allows us to go through things for seasons to produce something within us, but there's also times that the enemy of God wants to have his onslaught against us. And Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name, the name above all names. There's no other name under heaven which men might be saved. Hallelujah. And we come in Jesus' name because he is the stronger man. Yes, there's a strong man that wants to come and to loot and plunder. But we have a stronger man and his name is Jesus. And so, Lord, come in all your power and all your might. May the anointing break every yoke, every bondage, every chain in Jesus' name. May chains be broken today. May burdens, may burdens be laid down. May circumstances change. May the atmosphere change. Hallelujah. In Jesus, we declare a changed atmosphere. Because this is the this is your people, Lord. These are your people. This is the church. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I pray this morning that the manifestation of the Spirit would be so powerful and present with among us. And that we leave here like we... I'm telling you, folks, I don't believe we should leave here the same as when we came. Because there is something about coming together. There's something about the synergy. There's something that should be dynamic in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And we declare this morning, based upon the Word of God, that this morning that this temple, this temple, this dwelling place of the Spirit's presence... That Holy Spirit, you will do works of miracles and might and power be displayed here today. Hallelujah. Do you believe that's possible? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit can come in here and in just a matter of moments, can, a life can be transformed? More can be accomplished by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and all the sermons you can stack. Oh, we, we honor the word of God here, but we make room for you, Holy Spirit, to come and to change and to minister to hearts. In Jesus' name, we pray for liberty today. We pray for freedom today. We pray the shackles are broken. Shackles be broken this morning. Hallelujah. Have this on the slide, but can we just sing this part here this morning? My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, Kitty, has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns. I'm in love, yeah, that's it. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. I've been set free. Oh, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, his mercy. Time. Oh, my chains are gone. 
Shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. How many know this morning that people can be set free just in the worship service? How many know this morning, and I want to tell you this, and if you didn't already know it, but there was a guy in Windsor, Nova Scotia that hid, hid his, uh, he hid a, a certain habit that he had that he, wasn't, that he was ashamed of. And he didn't want to tell anybody about it, but I want you to know that in October of a certain year, I can't remember the year, but it was in the month of October that we were singing that song, My Chains Are Gone, and the Lord took the desire for this particular habit away from him, and he tested it out for a few months, and he was able to get the confidence, the courage, to stand before the church to let them know what the Lord had done. And I want you to know the place broke out with applause because he's still the God who breaks the chains. He's still a God who delivers. He's still the Lord who saves. Amen? Hallelujah. I just heard a big snap. And if on the count of three, I just felt like a one big clap. On the count of three, if we could just all clap very, very loudly. I just heard this snap in the spirit. So one, two, three. Amen. Just to... Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just close this? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I will worship your
you Lord we praise you Lord and we worship you we worship you this morning Lord. we praise your name praise God amen isn't he good this morning and isn't he good give the Lord a clap offering praise this morning.
Check, check. Oh, there we go. Um, I just have a praise report. Oh, I'm so excited this morning. So um, it was probably about two years ago. I had a dream. And um, in the dream, uh, a 70 station wagon smashed my Honda Civic car that I owned. And then the next part of the dream, I was at a pregnancy care center uh, ministering to women. That was a dream. I knew it was from God, and I was trying to sell my Honda Civic. <laughs> so I couldn't sell it, and I'd never had an issue selling anything before. So I kept, for about a year, I pressed into God, like, I know this dream means something. Um, and just kept making the connection back to my car, like, what's going on? I leaned into him, leaned into him. Um, I am um, on an intercession intercessory team for the pregnancy care center in the city and we had a women's gathering I think it was in August 2017 last year and one of the ladies so bear with me it's kind of a, I don't know if I'm making sense but um, had a had a team kind of like luncheon with these ladies and one of the ladies brought these little wooden chairs and um, she's like my husband made these um, no, that's not true. I went to this luncheon, and as I was leaving, the husband, I brought Remy with me, and the husband was like, I make these chairs, I wanted to give you one, but there's a hitch. I'm going to give you two, and the other chair is a grace chair. And I want you to give it to somebody. And so I went home, and I think that morning, so this is like a year-long process of like this dream and praying into this. I went home, and I got a Kijiji email about my car. Someone wanted to buy my car. This, this, so this young woman came out, and I was like, I just had this sense, like, God, this is more, there's something more to this. Um, Jesus, help me, because I don't feel like I'm making sense. Anyway, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Okay, so. <clears throat> so this young woman came out, and she was like, four foot nothing, just a spitfire, and um, she went out with Al and, and test drove my car. And anyway, it turned out that she was a missionary. Her and her husband were missionaries in Guam and just returned to Canada. And so I was like, oh, this is so awesome. So I felt, so as we were outside showing her the car, I felt Holy Spirit come down. Like he came down and he was hovering over me. And he's like, I want you to pray for her to have a baby. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing that. Like... <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's crazy. Like, I know that issue is um, just sensitive, right? So I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, she pulls out this um, this Christian book from her purse, and she's like, we're Christians, and, and we just wanted to bless you guys. So it was just this beautiful exchange of, like, God. Like, I'm like, I know this is you. I know this is you. I kept going back to the dream. So my Honda Civic got smashed to smithereens by a 1970 station wagon. And all of a sudden, I got revelation. It was like the station wagon represented family. And he was hitting something. He was like, I am doing something in family. And so I was like, OK. And then the pregnancy care center, I went back. Well, the grace chair was from the pregnancy care center. And I love prophetic things. And God made me that way. So 
So my husband was like, I think the grace chair is for them to have a baby. Like, it's there, it's, it's God's thing saying, you're going to have a baby, like prophesying over them. So I sat down at my computer, and I was like, okay, I'm going to just share. <laughs> I'm just going to um, go for it and share. Because I was nervous, you know. I didn't want um, to upset them or anything like that. The other part of the dream was God said to me, I'm giving you your voice back because the enemy has, he tried to kill me <laughs> and he stole my voice. And so I was like, okay, like for me to be able to speak like this even like has been such a battle. And so um, that's another awesome part. So I wrote them this email and was like, look, this is a deal. I feel like, I, I feel like this is way more than a car. There's so much backstory going on for me because I've been sewing into this for a very long time. And so I just shared and was like, like, take it or leave it. What do you think? And they were like, oh, that's so amazing. They were just like so blessed by it. So um, we're like, well, let's go out for supper with them and actually give them this chair. So I'm freaking out on the way to the restaurant, like, Still again, like, oh, what are they going to think? Da, da, da. Anyway, we, had, we, we sat down, we had dinner with them. We hit it off. We were like, we were like, like we knew each other all of our lives. We were like, um, the topics of conversation just flowed. Like we were there for four hours. It was amazing. And so at the very end, it was like, okay, so we have this thing, this prophetic thing. They're also seven-day Adventists, so I wasn't sure about the whole whatever, like the whole theological thing. Um, um, but they loved Jesus. Like, they were missionaries in ground for, like, five years. They, they loved Jesus. I, could, I knew that. And he wanted to bust into their life and speak to them. And so I just opened my mouth, and I just, like, let go. And was like, God, like God's doing this, and he's doing this, and prophesied, oh, you're going to have a baby. Like, this is going to happen. <laughs> we, we gave them this beautiful little wooden chair that the man of the wife of the pregnancy care center made for me and like oh so it gets crazier <laughs> to me I don't know I'm so happy God. Oh, it's so, good. so they were blessed and we snapped a photo and they went on their way we ended up having dinner with them again had another great time with them and they were planning on moving out to Halifax. So that was that. So then I was like, the Holy Spirit just was like, I want you to testify. I want you to write this out. And I want you to send it to the man who made that chair. And I just want you to testify. And the enemy comes at me every time I open my mother has. It's, that is over. I declare that now. And so I wrote it all out. And I was like, do I even make sense? Because my whole life... I'll share, and it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't understand you, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, so I just did it, Hal read it, I was like, he's like, yeah, it makes sense, Lorraine, it's okay, and I included, I got the picture printed, and I, I sent it in the mail, and then just went through the process of release, like, God, I know this is you, I know this is you, and I don't have to know, I want to know, though, I don't have to know, but just went through that process of releasing it. Four months went by. I forgot about it. I get a letter. 
in the mail from the woman whose husband made us the chairs. And she's like, this is crazy. They know this couple, like, intimately. Their children grew, or their daughters grew up with them. And, and it was like, so beautiful, so beautiful, so beautiful. Like, oh, just, she hasn't been able to conceive. Um, anyway, I got, a, I got a text this morning that she's 12 weeks pregnant. And I just wanted to share because Carol said something, something snapped and something is snapping. So if there's anyone here, like a testimony is to be shared, not to like be like, oh, look what God's doing in their life. I'm jealous or comparing. It's not about that. It's like, if he can do it, if he can do it in my life, that you grab, you grab the testimony and you pull it down and you start cultivating in your heart and you, you make a demand on heaven and say, God, I know this is you. And then you just wait and you keep cultivating and whatever Holy Spirit tells you to do, like pray for them to get pregnant. <laughs> you're like, no, like he's not mad at you if you say no, because you're like, no, I, whatever. But just, I just wanted to share that because something is being released. Um, um, yeah, I want to pray for um, this baby, and I was just wondering if you guys would join me, this little baby. I just I lift this little precious baby up to you, Lord, and I give you great thanks. And God, I thank you that the children that have been held back, God, are for your kingdom, and there has been a great war over the conception, God, and I just say break, I say break, I say break. I just release resurrection life over that little baby and over every every lie of barrenness, every lie of barrenness. I just I just stand as a testimony and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what he has done. And I plead your blood over that couple. And I just say, no weapon formed against them will prosper. That that little baby is hidden in the shadow of your wings. And that no matter what comes against God, that you would just grow that, like, that they have a word from you. They have a word from you. They have a chair. They have a prophetic declaration. And that they would stand, that you would just cultivate that, that ferociousness inside of them, that they would stand as a couple. Um, for Stephen, that he would stand as a husband and say, not on my watch, not my family. So, Father, I release that, and I bless them. And I just bless everyone here um, that this um, testimony is just um, just a sign of life for every situation that's hopeless, every situation that's like, ah, that, that you're faithful and just to a strength to contend, a strength to stand, a strength to say, not on my watch, no matter what. In Jesus' name. Testimony, right? So, testimony. 
just going to say something about testimony. That was something that was very, very um, much a part of our, I'll call it tradition, Pentecostal tradition, testimony. They say that at the Azusa Street Mission in Los Angeles around 1906, 1907, that you'd probably have to wait at least an hour to get a testimony in because there were so many people wanting to tell everyone what the Lord had done. An hour. I think, I think maybe this is going to come down a little bit. I think. I'm just hearing a little bit of feedback there. It's always great to hear testimony, amen? It's always great to hear testimony because how many know you can't live on the old manna, right? You got to have something fresh. It's great to hear a fresh word, a fresh story of what God is doing because we need encouragement. Thank you so much for sharing that. We, it, it's, amen. I just thank you so much. Um, this morning, again, welcome to Maple Street. Just a couple of uh, announcements. If you, if you got your bulletin this morning, not going to stay too long on to that, but uh, just a reminder that we're soon wrapping up our Beta Satan series. I think we have two studies left. And, um, and then we're going to take a bit of a break on, on those types of things for as we move into Christmas because everybody gets busy. But the, we'll be open... We'll open the day in November. Well, we're going to celebrate you, okay? So, so those who, who are celebrating a birthday, can you stand up, though? Can we just do that for a moment? Just stand up so everybody can see, and then you can take a look around. Okay, who's celebrating a birthday? All right, so we got three birthdays. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you, and dear, whatever your name is. Happy birthday to you, and many more. Amen. So God bless you on your birthday. Thanks so much. And because uh, we had three names, couldn't get them all in at the same time. That's a lot of syllables in a, in a very short span. So birthday celebration afterwards, cake, and this is going to be great, some coffee. Uh, also, in December, is going to be our... Uh, what do you call it? Brown? It's not a brown bag. Let me go on the back here again. It is the... Is it on the front? It's the gift bag, not a brown bag. I kept thinking it was a brown bag Christmas pageant. It isn't a brown bag, though, right? Don't they put the gifts in a brown bag? So it's a gift bag Christmas pageant. And what that means is if you weren't here last year, it was kind of, it was kind of fun, wasn't it? When, when, we, uh, when we reached into the bag and we, we were an animal or we were Mary or Joseph, or we were Herod, and the next thing you know, we were in the pageant. So it was kind of fun to play King Herod. He was a colorful character. And everybody, it was good fun. So don't forget that coming up on the 16th, and there will be a potluck meal to follow because we'll need to refuel after all of that activity. Amen? So... I won't belabor the announcements this morning, but you will notice that missions for, for Sri Lanka, $1,015. Thank you so much for giving to overseas missions. Because I want you to know the church is growing by leaps and bounds in other parts of the world. And one of the, one of the biggest things that's in need is actually the training up of, of, of ministry leadership. Because there's so many new people coming to faith that they need to be grounded in and, and, and help them to grow in their relationship with God. 
but it's just growing by leaps and bounds. And um, I'm not sure if you realize this, but um, back at the turn of the century, 24, or the 20th century, the Pentecostal movement, very small, there's about 600 million Pentecostal charismatics worldwide. Do you know that? Only second to the Roman Catholic Church when it comes to that, it's the fastest growing segment of Christianity in the world. And it's, it's, it's definitely something that brings other churches together simply because this is all about what the Spirit is doing. And how many know you can't know the Lord unless it's by the Spirit? The Holy Spirit is whom he has sent into the world today. Amen. So we're going to receive our offering. Oh, yes, you do. You have an announcement. Thank you so much. I haven't made an announcement in regards to healing deliverance rooms for a while, but we're still running. And um, just with this season ahead of us, there's a lot of people that really struggle with depression and um, at, during the Christmas season. So just a reminder, um, the healing and deliverance rooms are open Thursday this week, uh, so November 29th, and then every second week, so December 13th again, we meet at The Rock, um, and doors are open for people to be ministered to starting at 730 be thinking of those who, uh, and even just as you're out and about, just encourage, because there's a lot of people that this is a really hard time of year. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. And we're going we're gonna to take some time afterwards to pray this morning. Um, we're going to ask our ushers to come. I see Frank's here. Thank you so much, Frank. We're going to put the slide on the screen. Let's stand together and let's just, uh, let's just pray this together. That as we receive today's offering... We are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and vision, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, save and free, carrying kingdom revival. So thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, that you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so I may have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. And amen. Amen. Thank you as you give this morning. This morning I want us to turn into Luke 18. Just for a few moments, because I want to leave space. I'm just going to bring this down as a water bottle holder, if that's okay. Just still battling a little bit of a cough, and I want to keep my throat moist. Pardon? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. This is, this is going to be enough. Just need to sip it. Luke chapter 18 this morning, and I just want us to kind of focus in a little bit on the first eight verses. The first eight verses. And, and really, the, the main idea is really found in the very first verse. Because this morning, what I want to talk about is the power of persistent prayer. Power of persistent prayer. And we're moving into the Advent season, so I want to, but I want to encourage us this morning. That's really what I want to do. And I thank you, uh, Lorene, for sharing that because it, it's about encouraging and building up our faith. Amen? 
building up, building up our faith. Um, <clears throat> so Luke 18, we're just going to stick our finger in that. You can open your Bible up to that. But um, it was said that shortly after the Duke of Wellington had led his troops to a victory a decisive, in a decisive battle against Napoleon at, and the French at Waterloo, he was asked to compare the courage of the two armies. And he's, here's what he said. He said that my soldiers weren't braver than the others. But they were brave five minutes longer. They were only brave. They weren't really braver, but they were braver longer. How many know this morning that it's pretty important that we have endurance? Endurance. Staying power is indispensable for success. How many know it takes a lot of time? Would you say, Carol, it took you a few, a few years to be able to play like you play now? A few lessons, right? Because I can't move my fingers across the board like that. Aiden's coming along pretty good with it, but he's got a good teacher, and he's interested. But it takes time to do that. You just can't go to the piano and, and say, I'm going to take a 30-minute lesson, I'm gonna pra- and I never, ever practice, and I'm going to be able to play the piano, and it's not going to happen. It takes hundreds of hours. In fact, if you were going to be a hockey player, it's no good to hit the ice and try to play the game very well unless you've done what? You've put in the time to learn how to skate first. You need to learn to skate. You need to learn to have your balance. Then after a while, you're going to be skating with your stick and you're going to be taking drills and you're going to be shooting and passing and all of these different things. But in order to be able to keep up with the other players when you get into the game, you have to work yourself up to it. Endurance. If I were going to go out, I remember when I started about in 2013, I got to restart, by the way, reboot this. But I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, he said, everything's too high. Your cholesterol's too high. Your sugar's too high. Your blood pressure's too high. The only thing that wasn't too high was my height. But everything else was too high. My weight was too high. And I said, I know what I need to do. So I, I pushed play. My wife had this here DVD. It was Turbo Jam. Okay, so there's a woman on there leading. So my son would actually, they, my, my friends in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, actually made fun of me. They took a photo of the person on the front cover of the Turbo Jam video, and they photoshopped my head on top of her body. Yeah. That was just not right. But I can tell you something, that when I started it the first day, I could only get through it for 20 minutes. It was a 45-minute workout, cardio party it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you tuck in your tummy and 
you know, to, to work your core. You can imagine, I, I, can, I can dig out the photo somewhere on Facebook if you want to see it. 20 minutes. I got through it for 20 minutes, and I was like, well, I, got, I moved for 20 minutes. Then the next day, I did it. And I made it to the end. Did I do all the moves right? Probably not. But I moved for 45 minutes. That was an accomplishment. Then later on, as I got going, I started putting more intensity into the workout. And then it got easier and easier and easier until I could now do the more athletic one. So there was none of this in it. Okay? There's a little more punching and kicking. But I, want, I say all that to say that it took some time to build up endurance. To build up endurance. And how many know this morning that we need to... Because in order to have endurance, you have to have persistence. To build endurance, you have to persist. You have to keep at it. In other words, you can't quit. You can't give up. You can't lose heart. You have to keep going. You see, endurance, perseverance is really important when it comes to even things like prayer. William Carey, for example, he was the founder of Modern Missions, and he was he made a huge, huge influence in England and India. And he was a cobbler and never had a lot of education, but he was determined to do something that others would have considered to be impossible. And that was to go to India. It was to translate the scriptures. And while he was there, it was hard work, hard year after year after year. He experienced many obstacles and many problems. But at the end of his life, he had established a mission station. He had started churches, translated the scriptures. He set in motion a modern missionary movement. And he was asked how, in the midst of so much adversity and misunderstanding, that he was able to accomplish so many things. And here's what he said. He said, I can plod. I can persevere in in any definite pursuit. To this I owe everything. Few people know what may be done until they try and persevere in what they undertake. Perseverance. Can I suggest this morning that in Luke chapter 18, Jesus begins to teach his disciples. Now how many would consider yourself to be a disciple this morning? Follower of Jesus. So we can take this, and I believe we can apply it to ourselves. That it was extremely important. Look what it says. He's told them a parable. Verse 1. He tells them a parable. Was it up there? Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that, she, that look, they should always pray and not give up. They should always pray and what? Quit? Throw in the towel? Wave the white flag? Go have a nap? Go on vacation in the Bahamas? In Mexico? I'm just joking now. I just saw you there and I just thought Mexico. No, he says, you should pray and always, and always pray and not 
give up. Because how many know that when, when we start to pray, I'm just going to sh- suggest this this morning, that when we start praying about stuff, I think that's when the devil comes a little harder. And that's when he presses a little harder against us. And the question is, are we going to push through? Are we going to push through to see it, the results that we want to see happen? So how do we keep from bailing out? Let's look at the text this morning. He told them a parable to illustrate, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And he said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. Not going to happen, sorry. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, very empathetic, more pathetic than empathetic, right? Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, Underscore that. Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, she keeps coming over and over and over. She says, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, we find faith on the earth. Will he find faith? Let's pray this morning. So, Lord, we just come once again asking for your help, asking, Lord, that you'd speak to each and every heart, speak to my heart today. May the truth that's in this come alive in our lives. May it spark faith. May it spark perseverance. May it encourage us to press on, to press in there, to trust you, knowing that you are a good God, you are a good judge, and you desire the best for our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. amen, amen. I just want to share a few things, just want to suggest a few things this morning, just a few reasons. Jesus said that they should always pray and not give up. King James Version, I think it says somewhere around something like not lose heart. Same idea, not give up. We need to be persistent. Why? Because I want to suggest this, that there's way too much at stake. There's way too much at stake. We should... Not, we, should, we should not give up because there's too much at stake. Luke says, Jesus told him a parable, always pray and not give up. For example, anybody here tell the name of George Mueller? Does George Mueller sound familiar? Who's heard of George Mueller? Who hasn't? Look, I see three people back there. They're all under the age of 20, and they have not heard of George Mueller. He's somebody you need to, to, to look into when it comes to figures in church history. But George Mueller was a founder of a great Christian orphanage in England, 1800s. He was a powerful man of prayer, and Mueller knew the importance of keeping at prayer, even when the answer seemed delayed. There were stories that came about Mueller actually having no bread to feed the children, and Mueller would pray and thank God for the food that wasn't even there yet. And so all the children in Mueller would pray and give thanks, tables empty, but they trusted God to to supply them. And moments later, a knock would come on the door. And you know who it was? It was the baker. And the baker had enough bread to feed the whole orphanage. 
Yeah, we were saying, yeah, pastor, that's the 1800s. I'm going to share this story before I'll share it again. Because we all forget. How many forget things? I do. Friends of ours going to Tennessee, and they go to Lee University Pentecostal School, and he's training for the ministry. And his wife is there. And they got a little girl, and the little girl, they look in the cupboards, and there's no baby food. Remember that? Somebody might remember this story. But she sits down, and she takes the magazine. Husband's at school, maybe doing some work in security. He had a little job, making about 150 a week, not a whole lot. And she puts her magazine down, and she sits down, and she says, Lord, you haven't brought us here. You haven't called us here for us to starve. You haven't called us here that we wouldn't have food for our baby. And so, Lord, we're just going to wait on you. Knock comes on the door. Can you hear that? She goes to the door. She opens the door. She answers the door. And there's a lady that's there. I don't know if you can use this or not. I happened to notice that you had a crib when you came and you got a little one. Well, I don't know if you, you can use this or not. And you know, what was in, you know what was there? There was a garbage bag, black garbage bag, full of baby food. So much that the, their daughter outgrew it. They had, more, they had, they had it before, so that even their daughter outgrew it. They had baby food left over. You know why? Because God's a good judge. God's a good father. Mueller, coming back to Mueller. Not only did Mueller have food supplied for the orphanage, but Mueller, when he was young, he began to pray that two friends would get saved. Two friends get when he was a younger man. Two friends would get saved, and he prayed for them. You know how long he prayed for them? How, how long do you think he prayed for them? Anybody want to put their hand up and give it give it a crack? How long he pray? Nope. Sixty years. You just won sixty-four. Well, I don't. Maybe sixty-four cents because I don't have sixty-four thousand dollars. 60 years. He prayed for 60 years. Some of us can't pray for 60 seconds. I was talking to, to, to some folks, and, and they say how hard it is to pray. They find praying a hard thing. Even leaders in large churches will confess that praying to them is hard. But Jesus says, pray and not give up. And here was Mueller. Mueller was a man of prayer, a man of faith, a man of, perse- of, of persistence and perseverance. Sixty years he prayed for these two people to get saved, and one of the men was converted shortly before his death, and the other guy got saved a year after Mueller died. Not only do we need to be persistent, but I want you to understand that our prayers are powerful to move the hand of God. So Jesus says, always pray, always pray. It doesn't mean that prayer is something that we are just permitted to do if we please. It's really a a command. He says that we must, we must, that we are to pray. Furthermore, Jesus says that men always must pray, and it's translated in the King James, not faint, not give up, don't lose heart, don't quit, get so discouraged. Have you ever noticed that we live in an impatient society? And, and drive-thrus and microwaves have made it worse. And I think cell phones have even made it 
one step worse. Because worser is not a real word, right? Can't say those worser. But when you got a cell phone and you text somebody, you, how many how many expect that somebody texts you right back immediately? Jack's got his hand up. You're the only one here, Jack, that's expecting an instant answer. But I find, but I find that that's what you what, what happens. I know when I'm in the grocery store, I don't know what get, and I text my wife. Do we? Uh, I'm getting eggs. I'm getting bread. I'm getting milk. I'm getting some margarine. Uh, is there anything else that we need? And I'm standing in the aisle waiting and 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 waiting for the answer. Guess you're not going to tell me. So I go through the aisle, you know, getting the checkout and I'm paying for everything. And as soon as I have paid it for everything, I get a text message. We need some of this. Too late now, right? But we expect an answer right away. But I want you to know that Sometimes the answer is delayed, but that does not mean that the answer is unimportant. Amen? Because when we pray, we pray over... How many, how many believe that you pray over important matters? How many know that in, in, in the life of George Mueller, it was the children being fed that was at stake? It was the salvation of those two men that were at stake. With our friends in Tennessee, it was, the, it was the food being supplied to their daughter that was at stake. And I want to challenge us this morning to think that when we, we are to pray and not to give up because there is too much at stake. Too much at stake. In the case of the two men, their salvation was at stake. In the case of the parable, justice for the widow was at stake. Can I ask the question, what is at stake in your life this morning? What is at stake? Are we praying for our families? Are we praying for the souls of our sons and daughters? Are we praying for our grandchildren? Are we praying for our co-workers? Are we praying for our family? Because I want to—I bet dollars to donuts this morning—that many of us have fa- friends and family who are not believers. Would you all agree with that this morning? There's people who know people that are not saved. And what, is, what, what do we know is the end of those who don't repent and turn to Jesus? We know that there's a great thing at stake here. Eternity is at stake. There is a heaven for those who are righteous, but there's a hell for those who die in their sin. That's a great, that's a great cause to pray. And isn't it, is it not? That we would pray that God get a hold of their heart. God soften their heart. Bring someone into their path that they can bring the light of the gospel of Jesus. That could, could show concern and compassion and mercy toward them. That someone would be able to lay a hand on them and maybe see a miracle. I want you to know that one of the reasons why miracles happen, why people get healed, why people get healed, is that people can see the reality of God. There are people who don't believe he exists, but I want you to know if they feel the touch and the power of God, they will know that someone is real. And it can change their life. It can bring them to Jesus. Healing, deliverance, those things are tools, folks, that can bring people to a saving knowledge of of Jesus. But we need to be also backing up and praying for those who are engaged in those things. Amen? Because it's not just about coming... And maybe even going all the time, but it's also about backing that up and saying, God, as we go, as we go, as we do, may we see your hand at work. There's too much at stake. Maybe this morning, there's a loved one. I want to I bring this out this morning. I got, I got a, a message from Heidi Hernandez, and Michael wasn't feeling well, and he was admitted to Two Hills Hospital 
he was, uh, he was vomiting and he had some pain in his chest. We're going to be praying for them this morning. Heidi has uh, uh, an ulcer and she has, I think it is an abdominal hernia or something like that. She needs our prayers this morning. I just heard some bad news about Greg. Greg needs, Greg Cuthbertson needs our prayers this morning. We're going to be praying for them because there's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. Don't, don't give up when the circumstances seem to be against you. And Jesus illustrated this in the parable of the persistent widow. I want you to notice that there are two characters in the parable this morning. And we're introduced to the first two, or excuse me, the first one in verse two. It was in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about people. Right off the bat, this woman, this widow, has the cards stacked against her. And one of the reasons that the cards are stacked against her is because of the character of this judge. This judge was cold. This judge was corrupt. He was calloused. He was condescending. He didn't care about God. He didn't care about other people. He had no empathy. He had no compassion, no mercy. All he cared about was himself and his own life. He was a wicked man. And Warren Wiersbe says, in a commentary, he writes this, he says, The courtroom was not a fine building, but a tent that was moved from place to place as the judge covered his circuit. The judge, not the law, set the agenda. And he sat regally in the tent, surrounded by his assistants. Anybody could watch the proceeding from outside, but only those who were approved and accepted could have their cases tried. This meant, usually meant bribing one of the assistants so that he would call or call the judge's attention to the case. And that was still true in much of third world countries today. I think he makes Judge Judy look pretty good. But then we get the next character in verse 3, and that's the widow. It says, there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with his plea, grant me justice against my adversary. The judge and the widow. So she not only, but here's the thing, she not only had the character of the judge to deal with, but she had the design of the corrupt legal system to deal with. So she was disadvantaged. Just think, how do, you, how do you as a poor widow, are you able to bribe the assistants to get a hearing? How could she do that? She, for, another, another fact was that she was a woman, and women were not permitted to speak in the court at that time. She was a widow. She had no husband to be able to speak beyond her behalf. She was someone who was oppressed, often taken advantage of. As I mentioned before, she was poor. She had no money for a lawyer, couldn't pay a bribe, but here's what she did have going for her she had determination she had determination she had desperation and the Bible tells us that she continued to keep coming over and over and over again I'm, I'm kind of guessing that when he showed up for court she was there when he went into the marketplace there she was around the corner she pleaded with him in front of Friend, she, she, maybe she knew where he lived and knocked on his door. 
But everywhere, every, she kept coming over and over and over and over and over and over again. I don't want to think that this, I mean, this is nothing against the woman, but I, I, I tell you that here's my best comparison is she had the, she had the determination of a Doberman. And I know what a Doberman's like because we had one. And they're determined. This woman was determined. She was not going to let this judge go. She kept coming and coming and coming. And folks, the widow represents us in the parable. And there are times when we too get burdened down with cares and worries and fears and troubles and all sorts of things. And during those times, it seems like the cards are stacked up against you. It seems like you're being, you are being attacked from every angle. Your health can be attacked. Your finances can be attacked. There can be trouble at your job. There can be trouble um, within your family. There can be stuff coming from every angle. And of course, we have an adversary who wants to wear us down. There are believers that are struggling when it comes to their marriages. There's, there's people who are struggling with loneliness. And as we get into the Christmas season, as already men mentioned, there's people who struggle with depression, anxiety, fear. But I want you to know this morning that there is a difference. You see... Sometimes the mountains and the obstacles can be seem so big that we can throw up our hands and say, what is the point of it all? What is the point? And there's times when we can be so overwhelmed, so crushed by the burdens and the cares and the problems and the trials and the tribulations that we can even get into a place where we get a crisis of faith and we wonder, God, where are you in all of this? Yet there's one thing we can learn from this, this woman, this poor woman, is that if we pray and we don't give up, if we push when we feel like pulling out, if we go when we feel like staying, that there is an answer, and the answer is going to be on the way. We just need to keep praying, 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 and not lose heart. You see, the answer's on its way. What if we stopped praying on Monday, but if we prayed one more time, the answer would be on Tuesday? What if? What if we're one prayer short of our miracle? Wouldn't that be tragic that you were one prayer short of your answer? That'd be tragic. See, we need to remember that the answer is on the way. The answer is right around the corner. John Wesley is an example. How many know who John Wesley is? John Wesley, founder of the Methodist movement. He had no quit attitude. An excerpt of his diary reads like this, Sunday morning, May the 5th, preached at St. Anne's and was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday the 5th, in the evening, preached at St. John's. The deacon said, get out and stay out. 
John Wesley. Sunday morning, May the 12th, preached that St. Jude's can't go back there either. Sunday, Sunday May the 12th, preached at St. George's. Kicked out again. He's running under the saints, folks. May the 19th in the morning, he preached at St. Somebody Else's, and deacons called a special meeting and said, I couldn't return. In the evening on the 19th, he preached on the street. He was kicked off the street. May the 26th, he preached in a meadow, chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the services. Sunday in the morning, June the 2nd, preached out of the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday p.m., June the 2nd, afternoon service, preached in a pasture. 10,000 people came to hear me. Verses 4 and 5, for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me. What if Wesley had a throne in the towel after the June 2nd morning sermon? 10,000 people would have missed him preaching the gospel. He didn't quit. He didn't quit. What did Jesus say in Matthew 7? Keep on asking. He says, ask, seek, and knock. Easy to remember because it's A-S-K. Ask, seek, ask, seek, knock. But the Greek says, because it's in the active, present continuous tense of the verbs, that the NLT translates it probably better where it says, keep on asking. Keep on Seeking, Keep on knocking. Stay with it. Don't quit. And here's what the judge says. Because she keeps bothering me. Knock, knock, knock. Because she keeps seeking. She's always looking for me. And she's always asking me. She keeps coming to me. I can't handle it anymore. I've got to do something about it. I've got to answer this woman. I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. So in verse 4, the judge is weary of her constant petitions. To the judge, she was a nag. And so he says that she'll get justice. But I want you to know this morning, our God is not this cold, callous judge. Amen? Our God doesn't doesn't look upon us and say, I don't care about you. No, he's a loving heavenly father who says, don't you worry about things. I'm on the throne. I'm in the driver's seat. I'm in the wheelhouse. And I got my hands on the wheel. And don't you worry. I love you with an everlasting love. Remember, I died for your sins. I died for you. I gave my life for you. No greater love has anyone than this than to lay down their lives for their friends. I love you. He's not a cold, callous judge, folks. Some people got God painted all the wrong way, but he's just willing to get you. He's just willing to squash you. But that's not who he is. Because our Bible tells us that God is 
love. That's right. He is love. And because he is love, because he is love, he invites us to, and he says to us, keep on coming. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. It reminds me, and I close with this this morning, it reminds me of a lady that we had in Yarmouth. And this lady, her husband, was stepping out on her. I'm going to ask our piano player, our musicians to come back for a few moments. We'll get you ready here. This, this woman was like the persistent widow. She would come to the church and she would go into a room and she would pull out her concordance and she'd pull out her Bible and she would search the scriptures and she would pray. And she prayed for her husband. She prayed for her husband. Her husband was stepping out on her. She knew it. But you know what she did? She didn't give up on her marriage. She didn't give up on her husband. She said, devil, you're not going to steal my husband. You're not going to steal my marriage. You're not going to destroy my home. And she would go into that room and she would pray and she kept coming to, that, to the church and finding a space to go and study and pray and study and pray and study and pray and study and pray. And I want you to know that I had an opportunity to sit down and hear her husband sit in my office and share, to, share me the story of how there was a guy that came into his workplace and said, I want to talk to and told what his name was. And that encounter with that man, he didn't even know who he was. First time he ever saw him. And that man, that man, I think he, they think he might have been from another province. But that man spoke words that were so powerful, revealed and exposed his heart. that today that man who was stepping out on his wife he is home their marriage is strong they're heavily involved in the church in fact he was a men's ministry leader in his church he's growing and his all because why because of persistence because she prayed and she would not give up why because too much is at stake because she knew that the answer she was seeking could just be around the corner. Can we stand together this morning? Carol, I have no song prepared. Is there anything that comes to mind? It comes to your heart. you, Lord. Yeah. You're the treasure that I seek. That's a great song. Jesus is our 
strength when we are weak. He's the treasure that we seek. He's our all in all. Can I just speak to that for a moment? There's times, folks, listen, there's times when things in life are going well and it's easy to praise God. It's easy to worship Him. But when things are going haywire, it's easy to be at a place where we can even be hurt and say, God, where are you? I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand. Are you even there? I, I, I remember Amanda. Is it okay if I just hook on to even what you said Friday night? That, that resonated because it's so true. And if we're honest, as believers, there will be moments in our journey, in our walk with God, where it will be seem like the valley is so dark that we can't see any light of goodness. We can't see his, we can't feel his presence the way we want to. And we wonder, God, are you really even there? And we pray. And it seems like our prayers go to the ceiling. And it seems like we don't make it very far. But I want to encourage us this morning. might be dark but if we wait it out the dawn's going to break the light's going to shine through and God's going to restore your joy he's going to restore your joy the joy's going to come in the morning the darkness might last for the night but the joy's going to come in the morning the light's going to break through what we need to do we need to hang on. We need to hold on. We need to push through. We need to keep coming. We got to keep asking. We got to keep seeking and keep knocking. We, we need to always pray and not lose heart. We not, we're not going to give up, Lord. We know you're there. We know you're at work. We know even though we may not see you, feel you, sense you, we know you're still there. And we know that if we stick it out, we're going to see the miracle. We're going to see the breakthrough. We're going to see the hand of God bring forth rescue. We're going to see the chains get broken. We're going to see captives get set free. We're going to see victory if we just hold on, if we just keep praying and pressing through and not give up. And just like that woman got justice, God will deliver on his word. Why? Because he is a God who loves us. He's a God who is a good, good Father. So when you pray, don't you forget, you're not going to someone who doesn't care. You're going to someone who paid it all for you, who loves you with an everlasting love. And this morning, there are needs in our church. There's needs here in this assembly. There's needs. There are. I, I want us to bring Heidi and, and, and Michael. I want us to bring Greg. We've even got our own prayer needs. But can I turn this place just for a few moments before we decide to have cake? Can we make this into a prayer meeting? And say, God, we're coming one more time. We're coming one more time believing that you're going to bring the breakthrough. 
So if you want to come at the altar and pray, that's wonderful. If you want to, if you want to latch onto someone that you know is in great need and you want to pray for them, whatever, however you want to do that. But if we could just turn for the next maybe 10 minutes. And then when you leave after cake, don't leave uh, forgetting what we talked about this morning, but continue to press in there. I want to encourage you. And even encouraging myself, just keep pressing in because the breakthrough is going to come. Amen? So if you want to come at the altar, that's great. If you want to gather with someone uh, in a location, whatever you want to do, but can we just make this a house of prayer for a few moments? Hallelujah. you to come in your power and your might as a church right now Lord we lift up Michael and Heidi I'm sure that they felt afraid this morning they felt uncertain of what was happening and Father I pray for their health and their strength I pray that you would encourage their hearts today I pray that Father the discouragement will not set in, but that God, that you will give them a supernatural courage for their hearts. We pray that the gift of, of encouragement would be active in this congregation to bring encouragement to those who are downcast, who feel that they have been trodden underfoot by the enemy, that God and the circumstances in life, but that Lord, that the gift of encouragement that that Barnabas spirit would just be activated within our congregation to reach out to those who need to be encouraged. And Father, I come this morning and we come as a church and we, we lift up Greg and God, you know Greg's heart and his mind and his life. You know right now, you know all the intimate details. And so God, we pray right now that he will sense your presence. He'll know that you're there. But Lord, we also come against the evil one because he is a destroyer. 
That's right. We bind the enemy this morning. And we, we declare this morning his release. Greg, we pray for his freedom right now over, over, over any deception, over any work of the enemy, the demons of hell. We, we pray right now, come against them in Jesus' name, that they will not have any authority in his life, that there will be no listening to the voices. There will be nothing, God, that would try to destroy him because, God, uh, I know that you have a plan and purpose for his life. For those, Lord Jesus, that are burdened down in our congregation right now, in Jesus' name, we just ask that, Father, that we would press in, we would have that courage, we pray. We just pray, Lord, for the breakthroughs to come. Thank you for the testimony that was shared this morning that, that just kind of was a prelude to the rest of the morning. But Lord, you are great. You are great. You are great. You are awesome. There is nothing you cannot do. You are the maker, the creator of heaven and earth. You are the one who spoke the existence of this universe. You hung the stars in the sky. You have created us from the dust of the ground. You breathe within us the breath of life. Lord, there's nothing you cannot do. The wind and the waves obey you. All that is is because you are. And you sustain everything. And we ask, God, that you would break into our time and our space and that, God, you would perform miraculous acts of your power. That you would deliver those who are captive in prisons. We pray that you will set free those who are being assaulted and assailed by the enemy. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and praying in the Spirit is a regular part of your prayer time. Pray in the Spirit. When you come to the end of what you will know to say or you desire to say in English and you're not sure where to go next, I always find that the Spirit begins to take over and He begins to pray. And if you have, if, if that is something that you norm, normally do, I want to encourage you this morning just to begin to pray in the Spirit. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. For those that might be unfamiliar, the Bible tells us that it's the Spirit that gives us that ability to pray in tongues. I don't want anybody to be afraid of that. But it's the Spirit that prays through us. Yes, Lord. Ibrahima 
Inam is suitable. Istra bra. Die is inam at pa ayana mo mo ohsha. Igara ba hasta pa shata. Inam at sopati ayana mabala. Inam at sabrata mabala. Father, we intercede for this community. We intercede for this community. Just as Jesus has a ministry of intercession, we intercede for this community. This community, Lord, needs Jesus. It needs to be set free from the darkness that envelopes it, Lord. We, we come against, right now, the work of the enemy that is trying to snuff out the lives of, the, first of all, trying to destroy families, and is, and is destroying families. We come against the demons of hell that are trying to snuff out the lives of the youth through alcohol and through drugs and through all sorts of other addictions. We come against the destroyer who wants to kill the lives of, of these young people who are, who, are in, who are depressed and who are going through anxiety and they're being bullied and they're being pushed to the brink of suicide. We come against the spirit that brings forth death because we know that our Jesus brings life, brings hope, brings peace, brings freedom. And we pray and we declare over this community that Jesus, that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit of God, that Lord, you will be at such, you will be at work in such a great and powerful way that God, that we'll see a reversal of this trend. We will not put up anymore. We'll not tolerate this, the, the, the evil one is having a field day. We are not going to tolerate it anymore. And in Jesus' name, in your authority, the authority and the power which you have vested us with in the Holy Spirit, we, 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 we just take authority and we pray and we command that these things be broken over this community. In Jesus' name. Broken. Broken for your glory. We pray right now, God, that your kingdom... That this church, this people, the people in this community that, that claim to be believers in Jesus need to understand that we are representatives of a, of a different country, a different kingdom, with a different ruler. And his name is Jesus. And our Jesus, our Jesus, he's the Prince of Peace. In the midst of all chaos, he is the Prince of Peace. And it doesn't matter how hard the wind blows and how much the storm rages. It doesn't matter how high the waves are. He can say, peace, be still. And change the atmosphere. And so, we call upon the master of the wind and the waves to bring peace in this community. In Jesus' name, peace, Lord. Bring peace. Bring comfort. Bring deliverance. Just pray that you'll break this yoke of bondage to addictions. Lord, we know there's no hope in a human government we know there's no hope in the court system. There's no hope among those who carry the guns and wear the badge. There's no hope in that. But there is hope in the one who sits above it all. The sovereign Lord of heaven and earth who sits high above any human government. Higher above any president or king. Higher than any law 
that this world has created. And we appeal to you, the righteous and holy judge. And we come to you, our Father and our King. And we come to you, we come to your room of justice because we know your throne is made. You sit upon a throne of justice and righteousness. We come to you as your children, not as a widow begging mercy and begging justice from an unjust judge. We come to you as, our ch- as the children of the Most High God and we come into your courtroom, we come into your throne room and we ask, Lord, that you, you, Lord, would be at work You would set people free. I pray, God, that we would be a people who would want to be so on our knees. We want to see that hell hell ain't going to take any more. Help us, Lord, to pray and not give up. Help us to pray and not give up. Help us to know the character and the heart of the one to whom we come, that we'll keep on asking, seeking, and knocking. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus loves this community and Jesus loves our families Jesus loves the mayor and he loves the RCMP and he loves the firefighters and he loves the the, the teachers at the school and the students at the schools he loves and so his intercessors his widow who comes to the good God we can come knowing that he hears us he answers He's alone that can change it. Do you believe that this morning? He alone. He alone. It's not not the next prime minister. They're going to fail us again. Do you know that? 
America voted for the president. Electoral college, doesn't matter. The world's in an upheaval and they're looking for answers and the only answer, there, there, there's one answer folks, we got the answer. We need to show them the answer. We need to proclaim the answer. We need to demonstrate the answer. Amen? Praise his name. So your majesty, we come this morning recognizing that we have been enlisted in the service of the king. Hallelujah. We are in the service of the king. And you have equipped us with the gifts of the Spirit, you have equipped us with the sure word of prophecy, the word of God. You have equipped us with the gospel of peace. You have equipped us, Lord. And I pray this morning we'll, we will grab a hold of that truth. And that Monday through sun, Saturday, that you have a calling upon our lives to make a difference in this community, to, to be an influence, to be salt and light. To bring, the, to bring light in the dark places. To see things changed and transformed. And so, Lord, we claim this community for you. We claim this community for you. We pray that, God, that the flag of the kingdom of God will be right at the center of the town. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the encouragement it brings. Thank you, Jesus, that for, for what you have told us to do. May we do it. May we do it every single day that we would always pray and not give up. And that, God, we know that if we should do that, that there are going to be more testimonies. There are going to be more God stories. There are going to be more miracles. There are going to be more things that are going to happen that we are going to want to share. And maybe, just maybe, we could be meeting here on a Sunday morning and an hour goes by and it's all testimonies. I don't know what, how it's going to work, but Lord, you know. And so we commit, we commit our lives into your hands. We commit this community into your hands and we just continue to believe and to pray and to intercede. And we'll see the changes happen at your hand. Everybody believe that can happen? You know, during the Welch Revival, the police, they never had anything to do. They had to have their hands in their pockets. The taverns got shut down. Do you think it can happen? In Vegreville, do you think it can happen in our nation? The Spirit of God can come and sweep in and, and, and begin to change people, change communities, change structures. He can do it. That one thing that we can do some of us can go and some of us can't, but we can all pray. Let's stand this morning and uh, we're just going to bless our food and bless the, the birthdays and we're going to break off for that and have some coffee. And, but thank you so much. Just beautiful spirit here. Just a beautiful spirit here. So Lord, we thank you for those that are celebrating birthdays today. We ask a special blessing upon them. We ask, Lord, a blessing on the cake and the coffee and those who have prepared all of those goodies for us to enjoy and fellowship today. And bless each one that has come. Uh, I trust, Lord, that we've all sensed the presence of the Spirit and that, God, you are doing something and that we will be excited about what you're going to be doing in, in, as, the, as the days unfold. And so bless our time of fellowship together. 
thank you for that opportunity that we have to share. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So are there any, uh, so those who've got the cake and, and, and the coffee going, are there any instructions that we need to, to uh, pay attention to? Eat heartily. Lots of cake. <laughs>